Hi, I'm Monty Sharp, and I'd like to welcome you to the Gatekeepers Initiative. What in the world is a gatekeeper, you may ask? I'm so glad you asked. The world's gatekeepers proclaim that they're protecting their community, but in reality, they're elevating themselves by denying others entrance to the community by belittling and devaluing them. God's gatekeepers protect their communities through loving devotion to those around them. They're there to encourage that which is good and reject that which brings harm. So let's take a deeper dive today in how God is calling you to be a gatekeeper. So great to be with you again today. We're going to talk about something that I really think can radically change not only our individual lives, but our culture in a wonderful way. Uh, so I hope you can kind of buckle down and uh, hang on to your socks because I think the Lord will bless them off. You ready for this? Let's go for it. You know, we live in a, with the exception of COVID probably, we live in a world that, that is full of quick fixes. Uh, everything is fast food, fast transportation, immediate information and communication. Uh, fast problem solving. I mean, even wrinkle cream purports to give us overnight results. It's all quick and relatively easy, and for the most part, pretty awesome. I think probably all of us would say amen to that. We kind of kind of enjoy that. But what if I told you there's a miraculous quick fix out there that could change most of your life for the better? In fact, over the last 30 years, scientists and researchers have written study after study affirming the incredible miraculous power of this commodity. It's true, and it's biblical. Go figure, huh? Uh, researchers have found uh, when we add a daily dose of this commodity to our life, it increases the following life-changing benefits in our life. You ready for it? This is what research has found. From a physical perspective, this, uh, this amazing uh, product increases our overall health. It gives us more energy. It increases the longevity of our life. It lowers our blood pressure. It increases sleep and its effectiveness and makes us more alert. Does that sound like something you might want to do? Do I sound like an infomercial? I kind of feel like it a little bit. Just send me three easy payments of $100. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, relationally, here's another part of this. Is relationally, what happens relationally is that we become, uh, our relationships become deeper and healthier. Uh, we become more generous, compassionate, kinder, and forgiving. No wonder our, our relationships are better, right? Uh, from an emotional standpoint, it lessens depression. Boy, do we need that in our culture today. Uh, we, it lessens our, the envy that we have of others. It makes us more joyful, satisfied, resilient, relaxed, enthusiastic, attentive, and happy. Is this good stuff? Are you ready yet to be able to buy into this? This is good stuff. And from a personality standpoint, it lessens our egocentricity and our materialism, and it increases our optimism and our spiritual awareness, our connectedness, uh, and gives us a, a healthy understanding of our true worth and our true value. And boy, would that ever set us free if we understood that in a better fashion. And then finally, they found in, in studying the impact of this on our work, that, we, that it increases our productivity, our goal achievement, our decision-making effectiveness, and even our networking abilities. Wow. Now that's a quick fix that all of us should be interested in acquiring. 
It's funny how recent research has discovered this while God's Word spoke about it thousands of years ago. What am I talking about? Have you figured it out yet? It's acquiring and growing, you ready for it? An attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. That's right, an attitude of gratitude makes our lives significantly better. That's what the research says. You know, hundreds of studies on this over the last 30 years. That's what God's Word has said all along. Now, Webster's defines gratitude as a feeling of thankfulness, of appreciation for favors and benefits that we receive. It's a warm, appreciative response to kindness. It's thankfulness. And we, we see in studying this that gratitude has two uh, components that are really critical if it's going to work the way it should in our lives. The first one is that we need to be recognizing that there are good things in life, especially in my life. Did you catch that? I know some of you are going through some really hellacious times right now. You know, I mean, whether it be finances or health or jobs or, you know, people doing crazy things in our lives or watching people around us that we love making bad decisions and the consequences of that. All of those things, and, and it becomes overwhelming to us at times. And we go, you know, there, there is no good in my life. And, you know, in fact, uh, the suicide rate's going high and and people are just so depressed all the time. And it's because they don't recognize that there are good things in their life. You know, we just get focused on the bad and stop recognizing the good. So if we're going to see this attitude of gratitude flourish in our lives and really have that impact, that great impact of changing it for the better, we need to recognize that there are good things in our lives, uh, especially in my personal life. And then secondly, we need to recognize that the source of those good things lies outside of myself. It comes from other people. And especially it comes from Jesus. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights above. And that's why we are commanded in the Word. God knows how powerful and how important this is. And that's why he commands us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He said, In everything. Did you catch that? Not just some of the things. In everything. Give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We need to have an attitude of gratitude because that's where we start experiencing the blessings that God has for us. He's designed us for that. And that's why you see over and over and over again in Scripture, the Lord commanding us and telling us that that's where we need to be. Colossians 2.7 says we need to be overflowing with gratitude. 1 Timothy 4.4, we are to receive what God has created for us with gratitude. Did you catch that? We're to receive what God has created for us with gratitude. Hebrews 12, 28, we need to show our attitude to God. Colossians 1, 12, give thanks to the Father. And, and Romans 1, 21 through 23 tells us what happens when we don't have an attitude of gratitude. It says that our foolish hearts become darkened and we become foolish. Boy, does that sound familiar today? Do we see a lot of foolishness going on around us? It's because we have stopped thanking God and being thankful for, for the gifts that he brings to us around us from other people uh, and, and just his own hand. When was the last time that you spent any significant time with Jesus, thanking him for all that he's done for you? Hmm. And how about others? Gratitude has another great blessing, incidentally. Speaking of spending time with people and, and thanking them for these things, the attitude of gratitude brings connectivity. It binds us. It brings us closer to one another when we're grateful. 
Uh, try expressing a, a gratitude to your waiter or to the, the cooks behind the counter in a fast food restaurant or clerks and maybe in a, in a store or a grocery store or your pastor or your kids or your spouse or your, or your friends or your teachers. Watch how it makes you and them both feel so much better. I am blown away. Uh, the Lord many years ago had me start doing this, and I try to do it every time I'm in a restaurant or anytime I'm in a store, is to be able to just stick my head back and say, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for the great food, for the great service. Um, I was so blessed, really, really blessed by that. Or, or thank you for the great service if it's a clerk in a, in a store or something. You know, when I, somebody's bagging my groceries and, and they're doing the checking out or to be able to thank both of them, notice what's going on. It, it just, it is crazy how it brightens people up, how the smile comes. You can see it lifts their, their hearts. And I've even at times heard people start talking about, wow, that was so cool. And as I'm walking out, so that kind of attitude of gratitude, it just brings us closer together. We are supernaturally and naturally drawn to those people who give to us. Isn't that true? I don't know about you, but I love people giving to me. You know, I'd give them a smile, give them a, their time. It doesn't have to be anything material. Uh, in fact, sometimes that's the best of all. Uh, but when people give to us, it's, it causes us to be more connected. But also when our gratitude for others' gifts is expressed to them, it draws them closer to us also, and it heightens their desire to continue to give again. So many people today take for granted people's gifts, and it robs people who are natural givers of the desire to, to continue to give. And that's sad because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, as Scripture tells us, and, and we need that in our world today. So that connects us, that attitude of gratitude connects us. Psalm 100, verse 4, says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's the grateful heart that draws me there and makes me desire that connection with Jesus. Romans 2, 4 says, The kindness of God draws us to repentance. It's that kindness, that giving heart that he has towards us that causes us to want to be around him. See that connectedness? And when I'm thanking him for that and, and praising him for that, then I am even closer in my connection with him. Gratitude isn't a manipulation to get more, just for those of you that might have been thinking about that. But rather, it's a celebration of the gift and the giver and its ability to draw us together. So, just out of curiosity, anybody out there lonely? Feeling left out? Feeling unconnected with others? not feeling like anybody cares, why don't we try adapting, focusing on an attitude of gratitude and see what a difference that can make in connecting us with Jesus and with others. Are you getting it? An attitude of gratitude changes everything for the better in our lives. It frees us up to enjoy life and our relationships, especially with Jesus. And it sets us free. What from? How about a free from bitterness? from anger and unforgiveness and depression and anxiety, uh, it, it sets us free. Uh, Luke 4, it says that Jesus came to set the captives free. Gratitude does that from the depression and the struggles that we have in life. When we focus on something you're really thankful for, 
it changes everything in our life. In fact, that's kind of a, a great experiment right now. I want you to just take a minute and I want you to think about something you're really thankful for or someone you're really thankful for. I want you to really think about that, focus on that. Maybe it's your eyesight or your health. Could be forgiveness that you've recently received or new beginnings. Maybe it's your spouse or your friends, a sibling, or maybe your kids or your church, your salvation. How about your ability to hear or your intellect? Are you thinking about it? I want you to just take a minute and thank Jesus for it. Thank the Lord for it. How does it make you feel? So are you more depressed? Bitter? Are you more burdened or stressed or angry or frustrated? Or are you maybe sensing that kind of warm, joyful, peaceful pleasure, that happy uplifting instead? I'm sure it's the latter. You see, it's so hard for all of those negative thoughts and emotions to coexist with an attitude of gratitude. Have I convinced you yet? An attitude of gratitude changes everything for the better. Everything. Now, there is a, a, a weird thing. I'm gonna, though I say it's weird because the title that I'm going to give this, and it's what, how it's referred to by psychologists and, and, and researchers that are out there studying this stuff. This weird thing that I'm going to talk about has affected so much of our culture. And with it, 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 it brings, um, it robs us of happiness and joy and fulfillment. So I want to talk about that, especially in light of an attitude of gratitude, because attitude of gratitude is the way to be able to overcome that, um, to not allow that to be able to operate in your life. And, and this is what it is. It's called a hedonic adaptive impulse. Hedonic adaptive impulse. Weird thing, huh? Um, but basically what, what that is, is it's, um, we become accustomed to our pleasures, and as we become accustomed to our pleasures, they lose their pleasurability. It's like the first bite is more pleasurable than the third or the fourth. And we're living in a culture right now that is driven to ha always have more because what I have now is not pleasurable enough. Hedonism, by definition, is that pleasure is the principal good in life. It, it believes that life is all about pleasuring myself. Not exactly what Jesus says in the scriptures, is it? But the problem with that is that if my whole life is driven in my, and fulfilled the most by the pleasure that I have, that I get for myself, and every time I buy something or get something that, I'm, that I quickly lose that pleasure, then I'm on this constant treadmill. In fact, it's called a hedonic treadmill um, when they study this. This constant treadmill where what I've got is never enough. I need to buy more, and, and I, I need to, to buy it more often. I need to have the latest, the greatest of everything. You know, cars and homes and clothes and games and gaming uh, equipment and, and furniture. And, and, and for my body, it needs to be the best and my hair or my face. And I need to have the latest TV, the latest phones. You get it? And it, maybe it's porn and sex and drugs and... Whatever it is that I have, it's never enough. And because of that, I never have any true joy or any happiness. It's all fleeting. And that is the ultimate addiction. And, you know, trying to 
to have empty things to fill an empty lifestyle. Romans 16, 18 says, For such men are slaves, not of the Lord Jesus Christ, but of their appetites. And the word appetite in the Greek, the language the New Testament was written in, is koilos. And it can be translated emptiness, like emptiness in the body cavity, or a woman's womb waiting for the seed of a man to be joined with, with her A, to be able to have um, a, a baby, a child to be born there. So, you know, we are facing this constantly. And I, I think probably if most of us were honest, we would say, yeah, we've experienced that in our life. Attitudes of gratitudes change that. The studies have shown that. You know, um, when we start giving thanks throughout the day for what we do have, it raises that level uh, of joy and pleasure. I, I can appreciate this. Instead of constantly listening to people that what I have and what I'm doing is never good enough. I can be giving thanks to God that what he has given me is truly good enough. You know, I, I think about before we, we came into the ministry, you know, we had a really good job. Finances were pretty simple and easy. Uh, we always had plenty of what we needed and never drove a new car or new, never drove a car past three years. You know, if it started getting 50 or 60,000 miles on it, I'm going, ooh, wow, we better get rid of this thing. And so we, we get into ministry and sold our home and the, the cars that were great looked for something cheaper. And the bottom line was that we drove two cars that had collectively over 450,000 miles on them. Yeah, that's a lot of miles on a car. One of them was a big old La Bamba station wagon, and it had the, you know, the fake wood strips on the sides and uh, but it was huge, and I could pack so many kids in there, you know, the, but the seats were split. I broke the gear shift off, and I had to put a pair of vice grips on it and shift it with a pair of vice grips, you know, and, but it ran. It never cost me anything, you know. It just, it just changed the oil and, and put gas in it, and it just went everywhere. And, and I remember pulling up in front of the church one day. It was uh, during the week, and, and um, sitting there and just, being overwhelmed with thanksgiving that God was so good to give me that car, you know, and I literally lost it, you know, and I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting out of the street in this big old Bamba, you know, and, and, and weeping for just for thanksgiving that God had given me that car. What a difference to be driving those other cars and they're never quite good enough. You always want a, a little nicer one, a little better one, you know, and, and, and here I am in this big old La Bamba and so thankful for it. And I, I, w- I drove to Bakersfield. My family lived up there and was, spent some time with them over the weekend. And uh, I was sharing the story with my dad and my mom. And when we came into ministry, uh, we forsook a lot of money and, and a lot of what my folks would call prestige and power and all those kinds of things in the job that I had. And they had a really hard time with it. You know, as parents, you want your kids to be, in their eyes, what the world would say was successful and, and not to have any needs or anything. But I was telling my dad about that and, um, and got through and uh, ended up going and going to bed, got up the next morning and went home. My mom called me when I got home and she said, your dad's finally accepted that you're exactly where you need to be. And I said, really? What caused that? She said, you tell him the story about your car. Crazy, huh? But my dad finally got it. It wasn't material possessions that made my life significant. It wasn't money. It's nice to have those things. It wasn't prestige. It wasn't power. You know, it wasn't popularity. 
It was being where Jesus had created me to be, doing what he created me to do. And my expression of gratitude to Jesus there and, and sharing that with my dad helped him to finally get it. Attitudes of gratitudes really make the difference, not only in our lives, but as we stare, share those things with the people around us, it helps them to understand more what, where happiness and joy really come in our lives. So let's focus on being grateful on the small things and in the great things, especially also the things that not only that the Lord's given us, but that other people have given us. And let's express our gratitude to them. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. They're giving to us, and we're receiving, and that's really cool. But let's find ways of giving back by being grateful to them. But especially, let's focus on being grateful to the one who loves us and has given and done it all for us, and that's Jesus. Boy, what a difference he makes in our lives. Let's show him our attitude of gratitude. Psalm 118.1 says, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. And his loving kindness is everlasting. We have so much that we should be thankful for that, that the Lord has given us. That's why he says, in everything, give thanks. Because an attitude of gratitude makes our lives so much better. Do I hear an amen on that? Can't quite hear it, but I hope, I'm hoping you're saying it. <laughs> and incidentally, this, an attitude of gratitude doesn't make our lives perfect. You know, we're always going to have struggles and challenges and difficulties and even failures. But gratitude helps us navigate through these things towards victory. Uh, you know, Jesus uses the hard things in our lives to make us perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. You see that in James 1, 4. So let's be grateful, even in the life's challenges, knowing that we have a God who loves us, who has a plan for us, not for calamity, but for future and for hope. And that if we would simply put our focus on him and follow him and trust in him and rely upon him, that he will use all of the difficult things in our lives to shape us and mold us into the men and women that he's called us to be, to be able to make an amazing difference in the world around us and to sense the thrill of victory and fulfillment uh, as we do things that we never thought that we could do before. You know, so often we ask Jesus to change our address, move us away from our problems. But what he really wants us to do is to change our attitude to an attitude of gratitude, because that's an expression to say, Lord, my faith is in you and your goodness and your design and in your plan that you have for me. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are there with me. And you have blessings on the other side of that. So recognizing that he will make us more than conquerors and being able to express that by faith in our attitude of gratitude changes everything for us. So I guess the next question that we have to take a look at is, how do I acquire it? How do I grow it? How do I, how do, I do this thing called attitude of gratitude? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, first thing we need to take a look at is we need to ask Jesus to help us. You know, it's not about us. It's not about us sucking it up and saying, well, I'm just going to be more thankful. No, it's, it's about recognizing that the Lord is our strength. 
The Lord is the one that gives us this ability. And he says in James 4, 2, that we have not because we ask not. So we need to make it a, a regular basis throughout our days. Lord, give me an attitude of gratitude. We find ourselves grumpy and, and grinding. We need to stop and say, Lord, you know, I'm not being grateful the way I should be. So help me to, be, uh, to have that attitude of gratitude. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence we have. Uh, anything we ask according to his will, he hears it and he will give it to us. It doesn't say we will get it eventually. It says we have it. Anything we ask in his will, he hears us and we have it. So we need to be praying, Lord, give me an attitude of gratitude. And then we see in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we need to walk by faith and not by our feelings or not by our sight. So uh, we pray and ask God to give us that attitude of gratitude. And then we step out by faith. And we start acting on that, even though we don't feel like it. And our feelings will catch up with our faith-filled actions. Guys, this is a, a principle that we need to live by in all areas of our life. But it works so well here also. Is it God's will that we have an attitude of gratitude? Oh my gosh, he commands it over and over and over again. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks. The good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful, give thanks for it. Uh, Leviticus 7.12 calls thanksgiving as a sacrifice, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. In 2 Chronicles uh, 29.31, it says that we need to be giving a thank offering. I mean, just like in the Old Testament that they, you know, they took and, and killed a, a lamb and the blood was, was spread over the altar as a sacrifice, our thanksgiving in God's eyes are just like that. It's something significant and costly that as we give that, and it's sacrificial at times, um, but, and it costs us something, but it's so worth it. It is such a blessing to us as we learn that as a lifestyle. So first thing we need to do to be able to acquire that and, and grow that attitude of gratitude is we need to be asking Jesus to give it to us and to help us grow it. Second thing, this is a practical thing that you can do. Make a list. You got that? Make a list. And don't just think you're going to do it or think about it. Physically make a list. Pull a paper and pencil out, a pen, pull your phone out, you know, get to your computer, how, whatever works for you. But make a list of all the good things you have in your life. And if you're one of those people that are going through all the struggles and the difficulties right now in your life, I know it's going to be hard to be able to even focus on some of them. But let me prime the pump maybe for you. How about thanking in your list that you're going you're to be thanking the Lord for? How about if you put your hair on that? Some of you are going, I don't have much. I, don't, I can't be thankful about that. I can be thankful for what you have, I guess. And for many of you, you need to be thanking that you've got a really great looking shaped head because, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be as, as good if you didn't have that, um, if not having hair. How about thanking him for your ears? Well, you know, there are people that are losing their hearing, that have lost their hearing, and it makes life so much more challenging. And the vast majority of us have the ability to be able to hear one another. How about your eyes, the ability to see all of God's creation and the things around you, and how much easier it is to connect with each other because you've got the ability to hear and to be able to see. How about eyelashes? Well, eyelashes. Yeah, do you know that if you don't have eyelashes, keep the dust and the dirt out of your eyes? 
You, you wouldn't think those little tiny hairs there could do that. But when you get something in your eye, is that really irritable and, and it demands your attention? It's really distracting. And how about your eyebrows? You know, the eyebrows are given to wick water and sweat off of your eyes so it doesn't come into your eyes. It comes around them. You know, I don't know if you've ever been sweating and, and had salt come into your eyes, but it is not fun. How about your taste, your ability to smell, you know, what pleasure that brings to us for food and drink? How about your limbs and your hands and your fingers, your toes? Try standing without your toes there to be able to, to give you the, the balance that you need and your feet. How about your reasoning ability or your relationships with, with others, your health? How about sunshine? What a great thing, you know, or rain, you know, what the, the blessing that, that that brings. How about running water in our houses? You know, there's a lot of people in the world that don't have that. Or hot water. How about toilet paper? <laughs> yeah, that's one you can recognize, you can relate to, huh? Do you know that in 1877, a guy by the name of Zeth Wheeler actually invented toilet paper? Yeah, but can you imagine before that what people, they used corn cobs, they used magazine, they... It was, it was a messy endeavor, and we have the blessing of having toilet paper. Let's thank the Lord that we can still, we've got it on ourselves at this point in time. How about our phones, uh, especially cell phones now, and, and our cars, and lights, and dishwashers, and refrigerators, and washers, and dryers, and how about freedom that we have in our country, and the clothes we have, and the shoes we have, and the socks, and we can play, oh, I don't have anything to wear as we shove the hangers that are so tightly bound in our closet apart trying to get to something that we are just blessed overly with all the stuff that the Lord has given us. How about his loving kindness and forgiveness in our lives? And that forgiveness has removed our, our sin as far as the East is from the West to be remembered no more. And so make a list of those things. You could do it and be there hours if you're really honest about it. And then the challenge is to take five of those every day. Maybe a different five, maybe some of them you carry over, but take five of them every day and thank Jesus throughout the day for them. Pull it out if you have to and to say, Lord, thank you that, that I've got shoes that I'm wearing right now. And in fact, Lord, I look pretty good in it. Thank you, Lord, for my shoes. Thank you, Jesus, for this toilet paper. <laughs> I won't go any further than that. Uh, and, and just thank him for that throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, take five minutes and just pull your paper out again, your phone out again, or whatever it is, and just open your heart to say, Lord, help me to, to be remembering the really great blessings that you've given me today. Maybe it was that person that really smiled at you and just made your heart lift. Or maybe it was somebody that took a little extra time for you, or maybe giving you the opportunity to bless somebody else. You know, whatever it may be, or just even that you had a good day that your back wasn't aching today. Your knees didn't bother you. And, you know, whatever it may be. And write those things down. And start making a list of those. And, and kind of remember those. And maybe even as you wake up in the morning, look through that list again and say, Lord, thank you for the good day that you gave me yesterday. I'm looking forward to being able to thank you today for the challenges, the difficulties, and the great things that you're going to be doing in my life. That could radically change the way you look at life every day, where life becomes something when the alarm goes off or when you wake up in the morning, you are looking forward to the incredible day that is ahead of you because you've got that attitude of gratitude. So ask Jesus to help you with that. Make your list. 
thank him for it throughout the day. And then the third one is one that you're probably not going to like. Just thought I'd warn you about this. But you know, sometimes the Lord asks us to do things that are not easy. But if we're going to see the real value and the real power of an attitude of gratitude, this is one that could really make things different. I want you to think of someone in your life that you have problems with. Boy, I bet that popped into many of our heads very quickly. And for some of you, you're going, oh, man, I don't have problems with anybody. Okay. The opposite of love is what? I know many of you are thinking hate, but it's not. If you hate me, there's still some kind of an emotional attachment there. The opposite of love is actually indifference. There's nothing that's more painful than when somebody looks at you and looks right past you, you are not even in their universe. And there's so many people today that feel canceled by culture and by other people and are ignored. And it's so, so hurtful, so lonely. So no matter you know, what they do, it just they are ignored. So even if it's not somebody that you have problems with, maybe it's somebody that you have been indifferent to or that they've been indifferent to you. Left anybody out? I think probably all of us have got somebody now in our, in our hearts and our minds. I think that the Lord wants us to exercise this attitude of gratitude in relationships all around us. And what better place than to do it with somebody that we are so disconnected with? And so the challenge is for you to think of that person and ask the Lord to help you to come up with, even if it's only one thing, but, but some things that you can be grateful for about that person. Maybe you're grateful that they've got great hair. <laughs> Maybe that's the only thing you can think. Well, Lord, they've got great hair. Thank you, Lord, for the great hair they've got. You know, or, or that, that there was that one time that you connected in some way or whatever it may be. But Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that, that they are strong. Now, they're obnoxious with their strength. But Lord, that strength can be turned to something significant. They could be an amazing warrior for you, Lord, and be able to stand against the enemy because they are so strong. And so, Lord, thank you for that strength. Make it something that will honor you. You, you see how you twist that, you turn that, that something that has maybe even wounded you that you can thank the Lord for and say, Lord, use that now for him to be making a big difference in the world around you and even maybe in his relationship or her relationship with me. So find those good qualities. And every time throughout the day that you find yourself in a negative attitude towards that person, stop with an attitude of gratitude and say, Lord, thank you for this. And I am here to tell you, I believe with all of my heart, as you continue to add to that list, and the Lord will show you how to do that. It's going to change everything in your relationship with them. Probably not overnight. It may take you years. It may take you decades. But in the end, you're going to win that. I've got friends that have done that. Uh, parents that have been incredibly abusive and, uh, for, for decades. And even on their deathbed, Jesus got a hold of them and radically changed the relationship because that person that was being abused continued to have that attitude of gratitude and thanking the Lord for what was done. And boy, what a gift 
to finally have that turned around to God's honor and glory and to the incredible blessing to the one who is that had that attitude of gratitude. So ask Jesus to give you an attitude of gratitude. Make that list of all the good things and thank him for it throughout the day. And then find somebody that you got problems with and start asking Jesus to help you have an attitude of gratitude towards them. And the last thing, this is kind of fun. Uh, I think you'll have a blast doing it. But for some of you, you're a little timid. And for those of you that are, you still have to do it. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little more uncomfortable. But I want you to think of someone that's blessed you. Someone in your life. Maybe you've already told them that. Maybe you've never told them that. Somebody that's blessed you. It can be a little blessing or it could be a big blessing. It could be somebody that just smiles every time you, you walk by them in the hall. You know, that it just kind of lifts your spirits. Um, and, and I want you to write them a note and thank them for, for the blessings that they are for you. It could be somebody big. It could be somebody small. You could write a bunch of them. You don't have to just write one, but write it. And, um, you know, I, I think there's something really special about when a pen is put to paper, you know, or the typewriter is typed on a piece of paper and it's handed to somebody. That way it's kind of a lost art today. But whether it's something you do electronically, you do on your phone through a text, or whether it's something that you end up doing uh, by writing something personal, take that time to write that note and drop it off to somebody. Researchers have done all kinds of studies on this. And it's funny because that kind of a gift has the power to lift people's spirits for weeks after it has been given. Not only to the person that is receiving it, but also to the person that's giving it. So another great way to be able to have that attitude of gratitude and develop it. So have I convinced you? Has Jesus convinced you? Let's give it a try. Let's start today. An attitude of gratitude makes everything better. Do I hear an amen? See you next time. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us today. God bless you. So if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss another episode of Monty Sharp and the Gatekeepers Initiative. Don't forget, each of us has our gates of influence in our lives that can radically change the world around us. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm looking forward to being with you again next time. May the Lord richly and wonderfully bless you.